everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to my streamcast. I'll tell you what, before we get things kicked off today, I just want to say a big happy birthday to the man behind the scenes, my producer David back there. Happy 34th birthday, David. And um, you know what, guys, I also want to put a shout out to um, BarTV28.com. Brad Rowe over there at BarTV28.com. I want to thank you for all the videos you've been doing for me for the last two and three weeks, man. Thank you so much. Brad, you are amazing. So any of you looking for little promotional videos or maybe a full-blown promotional video, check out BarTV28.com. Now, I also just want to say thank you to our military men and women, the men and women who have died for this country, fought for this country, and the kids getting ready to go into our armed forces. Thank you so much. Also want to put a shout out to all the first responders. You know who you are. I thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. And I think that is just about it, except for my guest. You know that I bring some of the coolest people into the studio with me. And let me tell you, this was a last-minute type deal. This guy travels all over the world. He has worked with bands such as, uh, let's see here, uh, Linkin Park, um, Stone Temple Pilots, Slash, Myers Kennedy, uh, uh, Judas Priest, Godsmack, Kid Rock, Alice Cooper, Kiss, Puddle of Mud, Bob Seger, Ted Nugent, Scorpions, Megadeth, Motorhead, Eric Clampton, The Beach Boys, ZZ Top, Diana Ross. Man, I can keep going, but I only got a 20-minute show. So please put your hands together for a good friend of mine, Mr. Kevin Tater McCarthy. What is going on, buddy? Hello, Johnny D. How you doing? <laughs> Man, I am fired up. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was thinking about this. It wasn't long ago. Maybe, what, eight, nine, ten years ago we met at a pub crawl. Yes, that's true. We were both in town, yep. and, I, and, I, and I think that... Um, you were wherever you were overseas working somewhere. But um, I first of all, thank you for be, being on the podcast. Yeah, no if you problem. can't thank tell, you I'm for pretty excited, me. man. <laughs> so so listen, you have uh, traveled all over the world, literally all over the world. Yes. You've been in this business over 30 years. 33. 33 years. Not counting. Not counting at all. <laughs> but let me ask you, how did it all start? I mean, how does a man... That has been in the business for 33 years, even get started. Because what I didn't tell everybody, you do sound for big bands. Mm -hmm. Like, you've been on tour with some of the biggest name rock bands out there. All those bands you mentioned. Yeah, plus a whole plus lot a more. Whole I lot only more. got 25 minutes. <laughs> plus all, all, you know, all the TV shows, all the special events. Oh, yeah. When you look back on it, when you hear somebody say all those bands, yep. you got a smile inside going, man, I can't even believe it. That's got to be kind of cool. And what you really can't believe is all those checks cashed. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of them. Let me ask you, how did it all get started? Uh, in high school, really, I was um, I was playing bass in a in a in just a you know a kids band in high school. Actually, in junior high to high school, you played bass. I played bass. I didn't know that. Were you yeah. good? No, terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible. And um, uh, we needed a PA system to be able to play to play gigs. Yeah. And um, I really got involved more in the PA than the bass playing. I was a terrible bass player. And um, uh, I just got way more involved in that. And then we owned some gear. And, um, you know, the band fizzled out. Uh, other bands were running the, the PA system that, that I had to uh, do their shows. And I was making money. So fresh out of high school, bam, I'm making money renting a PA system out. And it just started from there. So did you go to college for this? I did not. Uh, uh, 
it's not that I don't recommend going to college for this. Um, back then, there was no really schools for it, and there's yeah. a ton of them now. Well, good. Uh, I can't really mention any of them to say they're good or bad. I don't know. Right, right. Um, and, it, you know, everybody gets their own thing out of learning uh, anyway out of a good place or a bad place. So there's a ton of places that do it now. But back when I started, there really wasn't any. So it, it was just hard knocks. So, so you've always been in the music then. So, yeah. so let me ask you this. What was your very first concert? Yeah, very first concert. Not that you worked, that yeah. you've ever been to. Very, very good question. Because, uh, uh, and don't try to anybody try to hack me because I don't use this as my uh, security <laughs> question. Um, my very first concert was 1975, Elvis Presley Pontiac Silverdome. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> what was that like? I were can't you, remember. <laughs> were, were, were you hooked, or you don't even know? You don't remember. I, I just remember that he had ripped his pants that night, and he went went back and changed his jumpsuit. <laughs> And that's the one part I remember. And, and for all these years, when I was talking about it with my sister and my parents, uh, we all thought it was just a, a ploy for him to take a break for a few minutes. Yeah. But um, I, I eventually, um, I work with a company that did the sound for that show at the Silverdome. Uh, give a little shout out to uh, Claire Global and Sean Claire. And they sent me a whole list of pictures and things that happened at that show and who the crew was. And they verified that, no, he really did rip his pants <laughs> that night. So. That is so cool. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know where to start. So you, so you played bass. You got into this business, you know, um, by accident, kind of, right? You kind of fell into it. Yeah. I, I didn't ever think even, you know, I was too young and I was making a few bucks a week renting this system out and I was living on it, on that money. And uh, I never thought it would be, you know, take me where it took me, you know, yeah. never even imagined. Even to this day, I look back, especially this year, that's all we're doing is looking back because we're not working. I know. So um, looking back that it, that it's gone this fast and uh, how lucky I am, how blessed I am that uh, I've been able to make a, a full-time living at this what was your first big show because uh, we're going back 30 years so that you know yeah. those were big shows back then i mean because we didn't have streaming we didn't have this kind of thing yeah correct um you know it's way pre-cell phone and uh you know pre-internet and all that stuff uh i think my first really big show um i was a sound technician on the george michael faith stadium tour really and i think that was I mean, talking, I'm talking about real big show. That yeah. was my first like stadium uh, experience. Was that was that pretty cool? Was that like, man, I've made it to the big time? No, because I tell you what, it was so much. It's so much hard work, uh, such long hours, and uh, you just you're just, you know all you're wanting to do is even back then when you're young is to get back to the hotel and just get a few hours sleep because you know you got to be up early again and do it yeah. again. Yeah, Tater, it, you know. For everybody that is at home listening and you're like, wow, I never even knew that there was a sound guy, you know, I mean, because we, we, we look at the bands and we're like, oh, people actually put things together. Yeah. Take us through a day of you guys pulling in either that night or the night before or that morning, setting up, kind of walk us through okay. what a day's like. Uh, days are long. There's a lot of jobs going on. The, the funny thing is, is let's say you're going to an arena or your stadium or even your local theater and you go out and you're parking your car and you may drive by, you know, maybe three or four up to, you know, 20 semis parked out yeah. there. And you, you you don't realize that that all those semis were unloaded a few hours ago and set up. They don't realize that yeah. that's how much gear you bring in. Most yeah. people think when you go to a concert, the sound, the lights, the stage, they think that's all supplied and the musicians are walking in with their guitars and their amps, setting right. them down and let's rock. <laughs> that's not the way it rolls. You know, when you pass all those, when you're going to an, an arena show and you pass all those 23 semis parked out in the street for you to park your car next to, yeah. they were there at 6 in the morning unloading those things one after another and setting up that gear. 
so um, most people don't know that, and, and that's what really happens. And behind the scenes, you know, an arena tour, you're starting at, uh, you know, somewhere between 6 and 7 in the morning. They're hanging the, hanging the chain motors up for you to hang everything from the ceiling. You know, the riggers are starting that early and lighting people coming in, set carps, production people. I mean, there's a whole host of jobs that people are doing. Yeah. And they all have to fall into a certain order. Everybody's job depends on another person's job to get done, so then you can start. And um, hopefully you get t- done in time, and then you do a show, and then the show's usually over at 10, 30, 11. It takes you a couple hours, maybe three to four hours to load out, and then you're hopefully asleep by 2, and you're waking, then you're driving. You're not driving, but you're in a yeah. bus, and then you're waking up in the next city, and whole thing starts again no kidding so let me ask you this does every band do a sound check uh knock on wood the bands i work for usually don't really yeah thank god because a sound check is a really because i um, love the sound checks you do yeah just because i i think i love the rawness of a band yeah of being up there and and you guys tweaking things and him going a little more on my left a little more on my right monitor a little more on the drum kick a little more you know what i mean i just i love that maybe it's because i'm around it so much of you know with all my speaking yeah and but i don't know i just think it's kind of cool so for one thing it's kind of become a thing of the past for a bunch of reasons for one thing we use the same gear the same thing every day right the only thing that changes is the environment around the room around and that does change a lot of stuff the thing is though when you're playing those big rooms and they're coming in for a sound check and they say oh let's change this this doesn't sound right that doesn't sound right well in, in two more hours, when all, we call them the water bags, all the audience walks in, right? Yeah. It changes the sound so much. All you end up usually doing is going right back to where you were from the show before. So you've, you've wow. used all that time to, just to create confusion to put it right back again. So luckily, um, and it's, it, it depends what kind of band you're working with, but the bands I work with normally don't stay in the same city. They're doing a show in. So they don't want to have wow. to come in early. They want to come in right before the show. They want to leave after. <laughs> um, and they pay us a lot of money to make sure that they don't have to do stuff like right, that. Yeah. Or they're coming in early and they're doing meet and greets and all that kind of stuff. So they yep. don't have time for that. And, um, you know, we're, we're the ones that are tasked to handle, you know, no sound checks. And uh, depending on how big the tour is, it takes a long time to set that stuff up. You schedule right. a three o'clock sound check for a four, and they've got opening acts to deal with. They've really, in my world of mainly uh, hard rock bands, it's become a thing of the past. So let me ask you this: Do you physically, because of who you are and you are at such a high level, do you actually still set up and tear down and like do all that, or do you kind of walk in like the band a couple hours beforehand no, and say, no, no. you know, okay, guys, we're going to tweak this no, a little bit? I wish <laughs> uh, that that we call that white gloving. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that doesn't really happen. Uh, I do have an assistant that's been with me for years, Paul White, and he he does mainly the, uh, I'll call it the heavy lifting stuff, but not really lifting stuff, but heavy lifting stuff. Uh, but I always set up my own mixing console, my own area where I work. I lay all my cables. I do all my stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that has to be done with, uh, you know, we use a lot of wireless, a lot of RF wireless coordination, which falls on my plate, has to be done during the day and, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh no, I can't wait, just walk in and mix. Unfortunately, that that that, that job has kind of gone away. What's your favorite part about doing your job? Is it the actual show? Is it the setting up? Is it the team bonding between? I mean, because how, how many men and women are on tour with you guys at, at any given time? Uh, 20, 30, well, just, 40? I, you know, I work for, I've been working for Iron Maiden the last couple of years, so uh, I think we have 60. 60 people? 60, yeah. So, so you have to, I mean... Traveling 60, and then we use probably, uh, you know... 70 to 80 local crew every day wow yeah. so what what's your favorite part about doing your job um 
you know, there's a satisfaction. You know, I don't mix for the audience. I mix for the band, right? right? So what the band hears on stage, there's a certain satisfaction to them having a show, and there's no issues. They don't ask you for anything. And a lot of these guys, especially nowadays, are all some sort of uh, engineer recording guys, and you're mixing the sound for them. And if you can pull that off, there's, a, there's pretty good satisfaction. Yeah. You know? So, so have you ever had a situation that things didn't go well. Oh, they're, they're, the thing is, can you walk us through like one of them, like kind of be, because we're talking about all the fun things, right? Right. All the glory things, but there, I'm sure times with 60 people, all this gear, that things don't happen, and um, maybe maybe you're not set up at the right time of like four o'clock, six yeah, o'clock, eight happens. o'clock. Yeah. So so what do you guys do? Walk us through like something like that. Maybe that has happened to you. Uh, yeah, I mean it's happened a lot. You know, we'll uh, have a have a border crossing and you get held up for hours, and you, you know instead of loading in at six a.m., you're loading in at noon, and everybody's under the gun. All that kind of stuff happens, or you're doing international shows with air freight the same day, and it doesn't show up, and it doesn't clear customs. All that kind of stuff happens constantly, but somehow the shows always, somehow yeah. they happen some way. You know, God, we've had, uh, you know, on Lincoln Park, we've had musicians not show up in the band, and with the, you know, the crews played the parts. So I mean, everything happens, but the show always happens. Right, right. And most of the issues we have, we have, obviously, when you. It's just like pretend you move your office and all your belongings every day yeah. to a different location. Instead of just right. walking out of your office every day and shutting the door and locking it, you have to take everything with you every day and move it to a new place. So um, there's problems all the time. The thing is with the problems is we live and carry and live and breathe by backup systems. So it's we have redundancy for redundancy for redundancy all the time. And, you know, we work with all the gear manufacturers. We know all the people there. If we have problems, we have everybody at the ready to help us out and, yeah. and make it happen. You know, I love this, um, that you travel so much. And a lot of times you're on a bus. Yes. And, um, and, and In the U.S., yeah. Right, yeah. And, and, and those of you that are watching the show right now, I mean, we've all been to concerts. We've seen the cool tour buses. I mean, your tour bus must be sweet. I mean, you probably got your own and everything else, huh? <laughs> no. No, I mean, no, I've no, saw, no. Hey, listen. I've seen the Prevos, yeah. you know, million, million and a half, yeah. two million, two. What's yours like? Yeah, no, well, uh, mine, uh, mine has uh, uh, ten other passengers and, and eleven other bunks other than mine. So wait, are you serious? So yeah. so you're traveling, not on your own bus. No, you, you're actually traveling with nine, ten other people on that bus. Yes. So not only are you working with these people all night. Yes. All day. All day. You're traveling with them too. In very tight quarters. Yes. What's that like? Sleeping right next to them, one on, you know, depending on what bunk you have, there's somebody on top of you or someone below you. Because, I mean, people that are watching right now, yeah, they're they're thinking, oh, man, he's on tour with all these bands. Things are great. And, and it is, and it's cool, right? Yeah. But there's so much more than oh. just that two-hour show. Oh, so much more. What's it like being on the road you know, with, with 60 people, 80 people? You know, the personalities must be great. The stories must is. be there's awesome. Ton, tons of stories, <laughs> tons of personality. But everybody has a common goal of how to live together. You know, there's there's certain rules that everybody, especially on the bus and bus traveling and, and traveling as a group, uh, there's certain rules we all respect and, and live by. And, um, and everybody follows that pattern. And it's been a pattern for years. And everybody kind of lives and dies and respects that pattern and, yeah. and to make it you know to make it sane for everybody because you're right in everybody's face all day long every day and uh, it can be tough and, and stuff happens once in a while but mainly everybody gets along and the people you don't want to get along with you you know as long as they're not in your immediate team if they're right. in another carpentry or lighting or something you know how to avoid them and make you know make it 
easy. You know, it's a job. Yeah. So you, you got to play nice. So when you're on the road as much as you and you're in such tight quarters, and let's just say that you do have a day off or maybe yes. weather comes in or something, what do you like to do to get away from the other 10, 11, 60 people? Like what's something that, that a tater likes to do when he's <laughs> on the road? Well, you know, so many years of traveling, I, I – it's probably changed after 30s. Oh yeah, it changes years. probably every 10 years or something. You know, I, I just like to, I really like to just you know as I'm getting older, I, I I need the rest. You know, I need to recoup, and not only that, my ears need to recoup. You know what I mean? I have to have some downtime, quiet time, yeah, and stuff like that's very important to me to to my body to heal again to do another you know loud show. I mainly work for Hard Rock Acts. Yeah, and uh, so I mainly relax. I like I have probably a favorite restaurant or somewhere to go in most cities and most places that. I look forward to, and if I don't, I look forward to the city where there is one I like to go to, and uh, just basically do that, or uh, maybe see some friends that I haven't seen in a while. If if it's a day off, you know, if it's a That's show day, you can't easy, do anything. It? No, it's not I, easy. I and, and, and I and I love this. Every time I go into a town, people are like, oh, hey, you're you're in town, come see me. Yeah, it's let, tough. Let, let's go hang out. I'm like, yeah, I'm working. Yeah, I'm working. And it's. And it's so tough. I mean, I, I've seen you through a couple airports and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, hey, what's up? I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta plane. Heading that way. Yeah, that's. You know? It's real tough. They, they got a, a lot of people when they go to a, or a guest of somebody that um, at a show, and you're a guest of somebody that works a show. A lot of people forget that that's our work environment. You that's know, right. and yeah. uh, we're working, and it's a serious job. And um, there's a lot of safety things and, and stuff like that. And you have to remember, we're, we are working. This is our job. We don't come into somebody's office during the day and <laughs> right. sit in their chair and answer their phone and put drinks all over the place. You yeah. know what I mean? So you got to respect that, too. But there's plenty of places to have fun and going to a show. But that's a serious work environment. And, um, you know, you have to respect that. A question came in um, on social media. And do tour buses change? Um like when you go to another country? Yeah, well, really only... Like, do, do they get smaller? Do they get bigger? Well, that's a, that's a great question because they've changed over the years. Um, you know, the touring industry and the tour bus busing obviously started in the U.S. Right. Uh, really only the U.S. and Europe, you travel by buses. Everywhere else, it's okay. you know, planes, trains, and automobiles. So um, it's really only here and there. And the U.S. always constantly had the best buses uh, the most innovative buses and all that kind of stuff. But in the last, God, I want to say 10 years, it could be a hair longer, Europe has far surpassed us, and they have way better buses. They used to have a lot of laws and regulations about busing there, about uh, the, the the compartments of what we lived inside the bus and safety things, and that some of that stuff's gone away, and it's made for really, really great buses. Uh, the only problem now is the driving regulations over there in Europe uh, you know, sometimes you have to have three drivers on the bus because they can only drive for so long and then have to have wow. brakes and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, oh, God, we have enough people. Now there's, you know, two more drivers, you know. Right. So, But that's starting to take effect here also. They used to do these overdrives back. These guys used to drive for 24 hours straight, and they, that's all gone now. Yeah. So, And thank God, it's a lot safer. But, uh, yeah, no, the buses in Europe have slowly over the years taken uh, taken hold. They've gotten a lot better. The designs are great. And uh, Jorg Philip from Beat the Street, who the buses we mainly use over there, he's done such a great job at uh, uh, making him great for the crew. So another question, and, and you know, your shows last anywhere from two, three, four hours, right? Usually, um, you know, a rock show. Well, the sh total show, yeah, but you know, the headline act is usually right around two hours. Now, do you do sound for the other acts as well? No. Okay. No. So let me ask you this. Um, 
kind of a funny question, but after I thought about it, when this person wrote it to me, I'm like, yeah, this is a great question. <laughs> so you're there for two, three hours doing the shows. Yep. Are there certain things that you do not eat anymore because of the fact that you cannot just leave and go to the bathroom? <laughs> um, no, that no. But you do when you're riding on a bus, and, and one of the rules is you you can only you can only you know number one on the bus. There's no number two, and the reason really is for that is we don't have the we don't stop at RV parks to pump out and all that kind right. of stuff. You know, there's not it's this, not as glamorous as everybody thinks. Right. It is. So you, you if you have to go you know if you have to go to the bathroom, we ask the driver to pull over. But it doesn't happen a lot because everybody knows how to how to take care of get, themselves. Take care of yourself. You know, do it before you get on or, or after you get off, and. Um, uh, I have an old. It's funny you mention that because I have an old trek of. Uh, I take a lot of fiber. I overdose on fiber. Yeah. And it saves not only a lot of uh, unneeded trips to the bathroom. It saves. Uh, you know, you play these festivals and all there is is portageons out there. Right. And you want to spend the minimum of time you want in in one of the. I don't know if you ever been to a European festival with a overloaded uh, portageon. You want to be in there as less as you can. No, but I do do NASCAR. So <laughs> right, same thing. Then. Yeah. Right. So 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 listen. Um, You've dealt with so many different personalities oh. because of the bands. Yeah. So many people in the band, but then the personalities and the needs yeah. to all these different people. I know you, you can't mention names and stuff like that, but what's that? That that's gotta be that's gotta be that's gotta be tough. Because you don't know what kind of mood they're gonna come in. Yeah. Oh yeah. You don't know what they're going through in their own life. You I mean, there's so many things and you're trying to do your you're trying to make them look good. Yeah, I'm only trying to help their success. That's right. Not How tough is it, though, for you uh, to, at, at, at times, to be like, man, I'm trying everything here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that does happen. I mean, it, it would happen on any job. Right, you right. Know? Absolutely. Happen on any job. So, yeah, uh, it does happen. Everybody's got their off days, and you know, including me. You know, we all have them. And luckily, man, when you work for, we work, I got to say, once again, I'm blessed, man. I've worked for some great people that really respect their crews and respect the jobs that they're doing, and they know they're trying to build their success. You know, we're only right. trying to make them be more successful. Yeah. And I don't run into that, thank God, too much, you know. Um, is there problems? I mean, I do monitors for the for the bands. Of course, man, every, I can't hear this, turn this up, <laughs> turn this down. You miss that cue. It happens. It's part of the job. And there's, you know, tons of excuses, but you just... You don't say anything. You just say, oh, you move on. Yeah, sorry, I'll hit it again the next night. Listen, we I've, I've seen those boards. Yeah. Okay. They're as big as this room. They used to be. Okay. They used to be. And, and do you actually use all of those knobs on I know what like every, everybody asks. You know what those are? You say, I only know what this row does or something. <laughs> yeah, you, there's a lot of redundancy. And with the old analog consoles, you know, you'd have... You know, so many channels on them, and all it was is the same thing repeated over and over and over again. Nowadays, okay. on these digital desks, one knob can do, like, you know, multitude of things. Yeah. So it's a lot less knobs, but that knob's doing a lot, and you do have to know every feature. You have to know them inside out, and not only do you have to know how to mix on them, you got to be able to know how to fix them. The operating systems work, and it, it's a lot of stuff now. It's way way different than it used to be. What's the biggest crowd you've been a part of, as, as far as you know, fans? Oh God, you know, I don't know. Um, I've done a lot of big shows, you know. We just uh, when we ended last year with Iron Maiden, we were doing I think, man, it had to be eighty to a hundred thousand down at Rock and Rio, and What's you know, that like, dude, you're not even smiling. I'm like, oh my god, a <laughs> hundred thousand people. Yeah, it's a lot of people. I mean, it's just a sea of people. You know, you look out there, it's a sea of people, and hoping you're doing a changeover, they don't throw anything at you. And, you know. <laughs> What's that like for you though? Just knowing that, um, because when, when, when I'm sitting here, yeah. just listening to you. 
And I'm like, does he not realize how cool this is? And, 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 and listen, I get it. It's a job for you yeah. anymore. You're like, Johnny, well, listen, <laughs> do it for 33 years and let's yeah. see how excited you are. I get it. But it's got to be so rewarding when you look out and you see just a sea of people and they're and you're a part of that group that is making that happen. Yeah, I mean, that feeling doesn't come to me a lot anymore, but when it does, it's a great feeling. And, and i got to tell you, one of the last shows I did with Iron Maiden, uh, we were in Santiago, Chile, and uh, playing a pretty historic stadium down there. And, of course, it's just oversold, and <laughs> they've got flares going, and there's bonfires out in the middle of the audience, and they're just going nuts. And um, sometimes the synergy between the audience and the band almost becomes one, and that's when you really feel it. Like, yeah everything's just kind of happening magically like th- this whole synergy and that's when that's when I feel it now and you're like wow I'm just glad to be just glad to be witnessing this you know be here to yeah. enjoy it yeah I um saw a picture on social media of you and David um if you could bring it up um and you'll see the battleship and it's yeah. just like I I, th- I think you were with uh, Stone Temple Pilots mm-hmm. and uh, you were the shot is from the back of the stage and it's looking at a battleship yeah and I got to be honest with you um that gave me goosebumps. I think maybe you were in Hawaii or something yeah, we were like in Hawaii, that. Yeah. What was that? I mean, what's that like to go to a military base and, and and perform or you know be a part of the band that is doing this for our military? Yeah, I, I don't know how the we we had played Okinawa, Japan on a, on a military base. We'd done a few military bases, making our way back uh, from from uh, Asia, and we did uh, one. Or I can't remember how many shows we did. Maybe a couple in Hawaii. And that was one of the bases, right, right on the yeah. water with the ships, and somebody took an incredible picture. Uh, obviously, when you play for the military and their people and their family, you know, it's fantastic just to yeah. see them get away and forget about everything and, and enjoy a band. The thing was is that the day that was taken, that was not supposed to be a show day. That was, a, um, that was only really a setup day and a day to make sure our gear had come in off the airplane from Japan to um, Hawaii and made it through customs all right and everything. And there'd been a, uh, they were going to close the base now the next day because of a bad storm coming in, right. and they were prepared for it. So they asked us if we could play the show that day instead. And I'm surprised even how they got the word out that anybody even showed up because they you're all prepared the next day, and now you're coming now, and yeah. they packed the place. And, and STP always puts on a great show. They're such great musicians, and, and you know they didn't, they'll do whatever it takes, man. It didn't phase them to play when they're not ready. Yeah, right. well, let's go right now. Let's do it, we'll do yeah. it right now. And they did, and it, it ended up just being one of those another magical show. And, and it was funny because um, speaking, of, speaking of stuff going wrong, um, stuff going on, I, had, I was using a, a local guy's, oh, this is in Japan, I was using a local guy's computer uh, to run the console, and um, the power cable had fallen out. So it started to run out of battery, and the screen went blank. I found the cable, picked it up, put it back in. And it came all up in Japanese. <laughs> and I didn't know how to reset it. It's all in Japanese. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, listen. Yeah. I, 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 we knew that 25 minutes was going to oh, go yeah. fast. 25 does. minutes is up. Do you mind coming back for another 25? No, let's do it. For episode I'm, number two? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, everybody. I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. We are with Kevin Tater McCarthy, and we are going to talk more rock and roll with him. Hey, listen, don't forget to look, watch all my streamcasts at nrmstreamcast.com or you can go to motivationalcowboy.com for all of them. Again, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling you be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day.